We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees, ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Laker Film Room Podcast and Blue Wire Network. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And we thought we were going to be recording a general NBA pod today, but in a season where there's never a dull moment, the Lakers found out, first and foremost, that LeBron James has returned from health and safety protocols, that Frank Vogel, in a very rare move, announced that Dwight Howard would be starting tonight against the Clippers, and that Trevor Ariza participated non-contact-wise, and it still has a ramp-up period to go, but he participated in practice. So a lot of news over the last 24 hours. Mike, what do we know about those situations? A lot of news. We were texting about something else that we won't bring up, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, by the way, guys, Bron's back. And, and no, I, what? I, I, I just saw the I saw the, the three bubbles coming in from Darius, and I was like, $1,000 that says, oh. Uh, but I guess he saves that for Twitter, you know, <laughs> uh, when, when something good happens. And that's the headliner, right? That's the headliner. That's That deserves its own discussion that we can get into. But I, I did think I'm, – I'm curious about this because Frank said that Dwight is starting thing before he knew that LeBron was going to be available. Unless he Ooh, had some – Unless yeah, he has some yeah, idea, which, he knew, which, but yeah, yeah, good but point. I don't know. So that is something to you know. It's going to reignite a like we're getting there towards Pete's ultimate vision, right? <laughs> <laughs> of what of what the team's going to play like? But um, Dwight over DJ, I think, is is totally fair uh, based on what we've seen. But then you know how that plays out into lineups, and then Avery Bradley, like that news that uh, for for had he had to have the surgery like Bam Adebayo did, for example, um, then that would have been, you know, six to eight weeks, something like that, just like THT. And now he's not, but is he going to play? And then how soon is the reason? So questions abound. And yet it, it still felt like just with the LeBron, the LeBron news alone uh, and, and then Dwight playing well, it felt like quite a good day. Definitely moving in a direction where I think fans were excited, like maybe one of the happier days of like Lakers Twitter that you would have seen online. The Dwight stuff, 
we recorded this just a few days ago. Dwight made his case. The unusual thing isn't necessarily Vogel going to Dwight over DeAndre. I think that's a reasonable thing. The part that was not very Vogel-like, just like you mentioned, Pete, was like announcing a starter in general, right? That's not LeBron or AD or Russ. A full day and a half in advance of when the game is going to be played. That is not Vogel-like, and it speaks to a certain amount of conviction that he has now. And a reiteration of the point that he only does play plan to play one traditional quote-unquote center. And so it looks like the bigs are going to be AD and Dwight and LeBron. Back to the LeBron at center lineup. The Bradley news, I'm interested to see if Bradley plays. That's something to monitor, too. And the Ariza stuff, that's on the horizon. And that is another sort of shifting point or potentially has the ability to give the Lakers another gear in things and another look. And I think the idea of what this team can be, Pete, is on the horizon. it's, It's out there lurking and you can sort of see it there like the haze is lifting and it's exciting i think for fans and for us as well it's super exciting it comes with more questions and different questions than we've had up until this point regardless of my vision for how the team should play one thing that vogel has communicated about ariza is that he is integral to the 80 at the five lineups that he's somebody that frank envisions as somebody that is a big part of that so of all of the things obviously lebron is First and foremost, LeBron being healthy. But aside from that, like Ariza being in practice, that's a big deal to me. That means he's somewhat close, right? Whether that means a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whatever that ramp up period needs to be. He is him being back on the court. He hasn't he didn't play a single day training camp either. We've had no practices with Trevor Ariza. And so the fact that he's there and that that unlocks what I think is the natural state of this team and the style of this team is important. Now, with respect to Dwight versus DJ, I am greatly relieved that the DeAndre Jordan as a starter experiment is over for now, at least. I think that starting Dwight is only slightly better than that, right? And for the same spacing reasons, right? The one thing I will give though, go ahead. No, just to clarify, do you mean that with LeBron in the lineup or with LeBron in health and safety protocols, right? And, and so, yeah, like, so I, I wanted, yeah, so Dwight starting when LeBron is out, there's a certain size that, like, it wouldn't be what I would do necessarily, but it's totally reasonable, yeah. right? To have that. I just wanted to make four. sure that you weren't speaking just overall, like, regardless of scenarios, but now. No, no, no. I appreciate the clear. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate the clarification there because. If you are without LeBron, that's he's a big dude and who does a lot of big dude things for the Lakers. And in the absence of him, if you want to go AD Dwight, totally get it. The same spacing concerns of DJ are, in, in fact, in some ways, Dwight is less of a floor spacer than DJ because DJ is much more of a vertical threat. And these days, Dwight doesn't jump very, very high. And as a result, doesn't get a lot of alley-oops. That said, there's a certain amount of there, – there are two things that I think Vogel's getting out of this. I'm curious what what Ariza's rotational role is. Even when we're healthy, I'm curious if he starts Dwight. But with him, you're getting reliability in terms of scheme. Mike, that was the first thing that Vogel talked about and or alluded to, right, is that like I got to be able to depend on you to run the system. And there's a certain amount of motor of – 
you know, we beat the idea of spacing to death with DJ. The thing that bothered me even more, though, Mike, was like, if if you are going to ruin the offensive spacing by putting a guy out there, please put a guy at the five that is like JaVale, that is a guy that's going to jump at everything and is constant energy, constant activity. So putting a guy that's not a spacer and not a motor guy at that five spot, is like, ah, this is not going to work. Dwight has a much higher motor, especially on the defensive end and that reliability that Vogel's looking for. Well, the reliability is definitely one way to describe it. And I would also just say the continuity element is finally there to an extent where, and I thought that was what I saw in the Sacramento game was AD and Dwight. They know how to execute that scheme together. And they're a handful together when Dwight's good. Like those are two defensive player of the year caliber at some point of their careers, caliber guys. And they're big guys. That's a lot to deal with. Tag team. Yeah. I mean, they are a tag team duo. Dude, yeah. these are two – no, these are number one overall picks who were picked at that spot because they have crazy freak athletic uh, just talent. And you you can see when you walk by – talk about being courtside with you. When you just walk next to AD or Dwight still, you know that you know right away. You know right away that there's going to be a physical collision happening um, of some sort. And so that – I think that's – that's one reason why I have less of an issue with this. We could get back into the whole sort of starter versus bench debate. And I at least am, am on board with that part of it where you start the game. Here's what the scheme is. You know how to execute it. Yes. The spacing is not going to be great, but if you come into the paint, you're probably going to get smashed. You know, like you're going to get multiple efforts from Dwight. But I also think that we have to understand Dwight's age in the NBA at this point. And him starting every night maybe isn't the best idea. So maybe in certain times and certain matchups, AD does start at the five. Dwight gets some rest and then pull DeAndre off the bench for some lobs, you know, from LeBron for 10 minutes a game. Like, but the fact that we're already to the point where, let me just read you part of Vogel's quote, trying to play both of these guys in really short minutes. Is either one really able to get into a rhythm? We made a decision to only use one of them. It was DeAndre for a bit. And he goes on and talks about the Sacramento game. And then talks about how now it's going to be Dwight. But that is at least what we've been asking for, because then you can play more. You could play one more of those wing type guard type guys or just increase the minutes for one that's playing well, like Malik Monk, who we mentioned on the previous podcast. So I think that we're now this season has been an exploration for Frank Vogel with all of his new players. Yeah. And he's trying he's he's tried out a lot of combinations. Some he has now seen enough. I test plus film to rule out and that is real progress. And now how Kendrick Nunn eventually comes back and how Ariza, those are, he can then experiment with some of those, but that's the part of the season that I think we're getting the worst is over in that kind of a sense. Can I just add to that point, Mike, that with a veteran team, I do feel like Vogel probably felt his internal monologue saying, you got to give these guys a chance. Like all of these veterans, you got to give them a chance, right? Now, as an outsider, I would say some of these dudes didn't deserve a chance, right? Like we we have the tape, but I don't have to talk to these guys every single day. I don't have to manage them. I don't have to do any of that stuff. And and, and so that that's a very vocal apologist sort of perspective that I'm taking. No, I don't think it is, though. I think it's fair to add on to this, and I want you to come right back onto it, but that's what happens in training camp. You These guys are together yeah. for eight hours a day or whatever, whatever it is for a series of weeks, and 
it's a lot harder than Darius when you go through that process to be like, well, we watched DeAndre's film from Brooklyn last year and it obviously didn't work. But when he, when he's there in the room in your practices and is speaking and is playing well in some practices, like it, that's the part where I, I do think that we're di- we discount the human elements yeah. um, of that that you were alluding to. Well, I just think, too, that it's there is a navigation of the room that happens. So the interesting thing to me is put all of that to the side. Vogel came out after the Kings game and basically said, these were points of emphasis that we had talked about, right? And and I saw that those things weren't really happening. And so I decided to make a change. And it's like that thing of giving people a chance. And I think that's important. I think it probably went too far, right? But at the point that you turn away from that, I'm happy that he used sort of the language that he did because Vogel doesn't often, and he didn't in this case either, he didn't throw anyone under the bus. He didn't say this dude messed up in this way. And so I removed him. He very politically said, this other guy did the things that we wanted him to do. He is valuable in these ways. So we went to him, right? And... I'm now super interested, Pete, to see what this new direction looks like now that LeBron is going to return. Let's take a quick break and discuss that direction. Lakers basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself by searching all over the internet to find Lakers tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. I'm excited to see this Lakers squad get out and transition this year, and there's nothing like seeing a great fast-breaking team in person. Visit TickPick.com LFR today and use promo code LFR to save $10 on your first order of Lakers tickets. Are you looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic? Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code FILMROOM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FILMROOM. So we come into a weekend against the Clippers and Celtics. Going to be going to my first two games, my first game tonight. Very excited about that. Woke up at two in the morning, Mike, and could not fall back to sleep. I have a little bit of the uh, first day of school jitters right now. Really looking forward to seeing you tonight. He's got that new pass. He's got the new badge. Darius, uh-huh. we saw that. Now, we, you know, yep. we, we got to see what the fit is. 
We got to see if he's rocking some Kobe's uh, that uh, that he purchased over the, re- over the recent months or if he's going dress shoes. I can't wait. Will that be I mean, I know we got our suit and jacket. So this is this has turned my week upside down. I do not own a suit, as as y'all know. And so uh, Joey was like, oh, yeah, we have a suit and tie policy. It's like, oh, for real. So, yeah, I've been all over L.A. like trying to get myself hooked up for the, the first couple of games. So, yeah, we shall see. Mike always but, has yeah. dope kicks on. Pete. It doesn't matter oh, yes. if it's. Suit and tie, the kicks, they got to be fresh. It's like, so, so yeah, can I, can I wear some Kobe's? That's, that's my question to you, Mike, is that does that violate the suit and tie policy? I don't know if Tim Harris is going to walk by me and fire me on the spot. So, so this is a sidebar, okay? And it needs further discussion needs be, than we can get. But okay, I would just say it. that I would just say that there is never a bad time, especially for certain Kobe's. Um, I, I just try to line them up with the suit. And then I just don't go too many games with sneakers in a row. I, I mix the dress shoes in regularly. But Kobe specifically, and especially at a home Lakers game, um, for me, at least until I'm told otherwise, which could happen, are always acceptable. All right. Good to know. Very good to know. This is important information the day of. So we've got the Clippers and Celtics this weekend. These are my first games as a Lakers employee. That's that's pretty cool to be, you know, having our main rivalry and then the inner city, the inner city one. And it's the healthiest that we've been. And for, you know, LeBron, the last game before he he entered health and safety protocols he was grabbing his side talking about his ab hurting a little bit you know i there were worse things than having a couple of days off and then a game that he missed and then a couple you know then this game tonight right and he's gonna have three more days off before tuesday so i am looking for i want to see the starters begin to coalesce or at least, if not the starters, because I think that ultimately AD is going to be in that spot, at least our closing group begin to coalesce. For all of my excitement about the Russ and AD groups, the Russ, AD, and LeBron groups have not been great. And I want to see that group in particular, D. I want to see that group start to develop some chemistry over this weekend. Mike, we got a couple of tough wings coming up this weekend with Paul George. The Clippers have kind of flipped from an elite offense to an an eh defense to now they're the number three defense in the NBA, but they're not a good offense. But Paul George is still, you know, a six nine wing that can shoot over the top. That's theoretically the type of player that we can have a hard time with. Boston kicked our ass in Boston, so this is a a trying weekend for a position on the team team that is not as full even when we are at full strength and at our healthiest that we've been all season I think the the main thing to focus on for the Friday night game against the Clippers is LeBron not just for the rest that you mentioned Pete but the unexpected gold that was found and maybe for him he was thinking all along like this is I don't feel this and the the negative tests come in a row and, and so he feels fine and all that but the idea right, was that he was going to be out for minimum four games. And now it was one. He did get that additional rest. And then he gets the extra rest after this, which is another sidebar where the Lakers didn't have the last time they had two days consecutive days without a game was October 20th and 21st between wow. the first two games. So yeah. they've either had a game every other day or with a couple of back to backs mixed in. And especially for a veteran team, that has not been ideal. And so here comes LeBron about as about as fresh as at least as is that he's been in the last month, um, other than the fact that he came back from injury. And yes, Pete, you mentioned Paul George, but I just think that the Lakers get such a boost from that for this kind of game. Now that that put that in a box, and I want to kick this to Darius as well. The big wing thing, I still don't know if they have the great answer for, other than 
just how how much do you use Anthony Davis, especially in certain lineups that if you are going to start big, then you may as well have Anthony Davis spend a certain amount of time on that because we, Amen. Yeah. you know, we know that it's not going to be THT, right? That's going to be able to limit those guys too much. He's too and, short to be able to do that. Yeah. Right. And so then if you, and plus, I don't think he's going to start uh, after it's, it's possible still, but then if that, if it's Bradley, which he may give him a game off. Well, if it's Monk next to Westbrook, I, I just don't know if they have the obvious answer aside from Anthony Davis. And then the downside of that is it brings him away from the rim. But I guess that's part of the reason why you then have Dwight and or an engage LeBron in. So as usual, more questions uh, that go with this, but curious for your take, Darius. So the Clippers are a team full of wings. It's not just Paul George being there. It's it's like you could treat Marcus Morris like like a wing. You could like they've got a lot of guys who are yeah. just sort of Terrence Man, Terrence Man. The they, healthy. Like they've just got a lot of guys who are sort of in that size range. The Clippers are also an interesting team because they have big players too. They've got Big Zoo. They've got Hartenstein. Ibaka's been back a little bit, I think. I'll be very interested to see how Vogel treats the chess match of like lineups against the Clippers team where they've been playing big guys in their second groups, right? They've been playing Hartenstein. And is that something that Vogel's going to counter with and say, oh, yeah, well, then we're going to LeBron at center, right? Or it would be an interesting counter to say this is what the Clippers did to the Lakers last season, right? When they were playing bigger lineups, the Clippers said, well, oh, yeah, well, guess what? Well, we're going to play stretch players. Like you're going to start Andre Drummond or Mark Gasol and we're going to start Serge Ibaka. That chess match. And so it'd be interesting to say, oh, well, you're going to start Zubats. Well, guess what? We're going to start Anthony Davis at center. And we're going to size down like so. And Vogel doesn't do a lot of that, D. Like he he doesn't go game to game very much. And in some way, the argument for that, especially early in the season, especially with the injuries that we've had, is that it's more about us right now than it is about them. So I'm curious to see if he does that. It wouldn't be in his in his normal character. But here's the thing is this goes back to the point that Mike brought up earlier. I have a post up today at Silver Screen and Royak that hits on this um, is Mike, you mentioned LeBron being back this early has found gold, right? And Frank Vogel has talked about this evolution of the team that they're going through and that th- these looks of LeBron playing at center and only playing one of the one of the traditional bigs um, and and all of this stuff, like the evolution of the team is going in in a direction where AD at the five is going to be a natural look that they're going to play probably for 70% of the team's minutes. Now, it's just like if you're only playing one big, like AD is going to play a lot of center. That's 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 just how how it is. And so while this could be framed, Pete, as like, oh, matching up against Zubats and and like that's not in Frank's like that's not typically what he does. He could easily say, well, this is going to be more of our permanent look anyway. And so game to game. It should be AD at the five, LeBron at the four, play more of the wings. And against the Clippers especially, that may be the way that you want to play anyway. But against most teams, that's probably how you want to play. And and so I'm just interested to see the decisions that Vogel's going going to make, not only against the Celtics or not only against the Clippers, but against the Celtics as well, which is another wing-heavy team. Very much so. And one of the things that 
I think one of the challenges that Vogel faces, he's spoken to this a couple times, is that if you don't start a true five, it's hard to find a place for them, especially like in that in the middle parts of the game. Now, I don't necessarily agree, but it doesn't matter if I agree or not. But if you start AD at the five, his first shift is typically a minimum of nine minutes. The earliest he will come out of the game is at the three minute mark of the first quarter or most of the time he'll play the entire first quarter. So if you want to play LeBron at the five, the LeBron at the five minutes naturally come at the beginning of the second quarter. So then the question becomes, if you start AD at the five, I, I've been texting you guys my, you know, my uh, my idea about no big island, right? And I've talked about it a couple times on the pod. If you start AD at the five, you may be halfway to no big island just as a function of like, if we want to play LeBron at the five and we want to start AD, where do we find time for Dwight? And there are places, but most of the time, an NBA player likes to get at least a six minute long shift, yeah. right? You're not coming in the game for two minutes, coming out, coming in for three, coming out. That's not how it works. And so I think that's part of Mike, of the reason and rationale behind, uh, you know, Vogel wanting to start big is that otherwise you're not really going to have a place for him, at least by the way he sees things. And also just the tone setting element of it. For and, sure. and this is something that we've alluded to before that Dwight especially can do well one of the problems is that he could get into foul trouble by doing that. But that, again, this is not a situation where like foul trouble to me is something you worry about when you're thinking your stars, especially have a chance to actually foul out aside from the chance of, of the likelihood of getting teams into the bonus. And that's where I would be nervous if Dwight was playing in like a Chris Paul game or, or somebody that's, that's just especially ruthless at trying to take advantage of stuff like that. But that is still to me more of the exception. So if Dwight comes in, establishes a physical tone, gets a couple of fouls, like, okay, just play more AD or LeBron at the five and then bring Dwight back for his next shift. And, and if you, even if he gets close to five fouls and you're thinking, ah, we might want to have this big man look late. Okay. Then put him on the bench again and go small again. It's just a, it's not it's become so much more normal now to think about ideas at the five is not this this crazy idea that teams didn't used to do for a while. And, and there's still sometimes I think a way that that coaches can think about it because, you know, they've done things for so long in that sense. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to bounce around the West a little bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Mike, this has been a crazy year out west. We got a bunch of teams What's the word I'm looking for? We've got a bunch of bunched. teams just a bunch together. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Bunch of teams bunched you together. Have the word, yeah. It's it's good uh it's good for the Lakers because it gave us a little bit of leeway to struggle and explore, which the first part of the season was always going to be about exploration. The choices we can debate about all of that, but like what the hell is this team? Like Frank Vogel was asking what the hell is this team? He had theories and ideas, but actually putting it onto the court and onto tape is a whole different experience. And so we're kind of lucky in a sense to have been able to gone go through this stretch. Now there's no guarantee that we won't be a 500 team all year. That still remains to be seen, right? But the fact that we are still in touch with maybe not the first or second seed with Phoenix and Golden State playing so well, but that three seed is not out of our reach. Yeah, the the way that Phoenix and Golden State have played, the fact that they've lost a collective six games since teams have still played most of their games within conference, that has been a huge benefit to a team like the Lakers that was going to start a little bit slower and was going to need a little time to gel and all that. And, and maybe that look, by the way, had LeBron played more than half the games, then instead of 12 and 11, maybe they're, you know, 15 and and eight or or something like that, at least. So then they're right there in touch with Utah, but take Utah out. I mean, they're a half game back from the four seed, which is where Dallas is. Memphis is right there and going down. John Morant's going to be out for a little while. The Clippers uh, have the Clippers have lost three in a row, and we'll see how tonight's game goes uh, if they can continue to send them into that tailspin. Portland's without Dame for a while. Denver is maybe the one team that is more significantly injured than the Lakers. Like they, yeah. just in the fact that both Murray and now Porter Jr. Um, Murray's going to come back eventually, but Porter. So and Jokic has had to do absolutely everything, but I think is that's going to wear him down. He's already missed some games, and I could keep going down down the list where you have maybe the upside team in that group is Minnesota uh, and they've got some of their own issues, but they could be popping up point being, we were so worried about the Lakers not taking advantage of this early schedule. But what what's happened in the West is that that's all evened out based on a Phoenix and golden state beating up on everybody and B almost all these other teams, Darius having their problems too. And so I, if I would have told you the Lakers are all told a half game back of the four seed, at, at this particular stage, I think you'd be like, OK, cool, I'll, I'll take that. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Considering the circumstances that they've faced individually. Yes. yes. Baking, baking those in for yeah, sure. Like yeah. not, not like before the season, you'd be like, wait, what went wrong? Yes. But yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of stuff's gone wrong. And so I think the Lakers are both lucky and should be kicking Agreed. themselves. Yeah. They've had things done onto them and they've done some things onto themselves. 
And the stuff that they've done unto themselves, they are in the process of undoing some of those things a little bit. We, um, You can give Vogel some grace on that or you could not. It's up to you, I suppose. But the way that they're positioned now, I am encouraged. The thing that stood out to me, Pete, is that Anthony Davis made some comments the other day like, we're a 10-game winning streak away from changing the narrative entirely about this team. And that mm-hmm. came out of nowhere, and it seemed almost like hilarious. In the right, se- we had just like lost in triple overtime to Sacramento. Right, yeah. it, was, it was both funny and defiant at the same time, which those aren't necessarily populating the same part of the scale of emotions, right? But there's AD saying some random thing and he's sort of right he's absolutely right i'm interested to see can this group start to find itself at a time when no one thinks there's anything to find right like there is a lot of like oh yeah the lakers got flexed off off of espn rightfully so sort sort of thing right and no one sort of believes in this team right now and maybe that was always the case because of the russ acquisition and everything else but I'm I'm interested to see can they coalesce in ways that actually matter that aren't more surface based stuff like oh they came back against the Pistons and like they're <laughs> go- like you know they stood up for LeBron the season starts yes. today like, Darius they're going to the coalesce starts today right? but all of that stuff is surface stuff if they're not actually making fundamental fundamentally different choices. And Vogel has started to make those different choices. He has said, yeah, we're going to play LeBron at center more. Like, yeah, DeAndre Jordan, you're out. You're out of the lineup. Right. And I'll be interested to see what happens with with Avery Bradley. Well, I just to tie this back into the standings before I kick it to Pete here. The reason that that matters is because, of course, right, it's the 16 game season. Eventually, like that it really is significant where the Lakers finish in that mix, at least to an extent. Like if they can, they can salvage all of the stuff that's been going, going wrong early this season by rallying to the degree to set themselves up for a slightly easier path. And that's where, to me, this, this first portion of the season, Pete, basically represents a first half of a basketball game where, let's say it's your, it's, it's your squad, uh, your high school squad, and you turn the ball over like 17 times in the first in the first half but the other team clanked a bunch of threes and like missing free throws yep and they missed some free throws and so you get in there at halftime and you're like guys this has been really bad but you're only down by three you know that that's like essentially what the the western conference picture looks like for me right now no very very much so it's a great analogy and with respect to the 10 game winning streak when it was said it was Again, in context, it was like, oh, is that all? Is that all the Lakers need to do is go on this 10-game winning streak? How about we have a two-game winning streak, maybe a three-game winning streak, right? Let's do that first. And that is still true. But I think that if you dig a little bit deeper, I am very much on board with the sentiment of there's a lot of pent-up energy and just kind of a pent-up feelings with this team and what they believe they can be. There have been a lot of like, we haven't had our team yet comments, a lot of like, You'll just see, just you wait, you know, wait for some luck, wait for us to find some gold, wait for some good news to come in. And we've been getting more of that. Now, in my 
you know, esoteric way of looking at basketball. I very much believe in the basketball gods. And it's like, oh, you want to go on a 10 game winning streak? How about you play some defense? How about you rotate? You get back in transition and pick up your man and do the little things. That was Monday's pod. Do the little things that it takes. You do have the talent to go on a 10 game winning streak, especially in the regular season. I think the questions, the fundamental questions about this team are more a playoff type of thing. But in the regular season, is this team capable of doing some things? Absolutely. And over the last couple of weeks, especially since the start of the road trip, there have been certain things clicking into place. They're not the main things. And that's why you can still have those bad losses here and there and these things that don't work. But for example, you know, I was watching tape last night and we've gotten so many baskets since that Chicago game off of AD being doubled in the post. We've hit so many cutters and I'm like, screaming at my tv watching the chicago game like we've been doing this for three years we can't get open on these we're doing it more often than not now d and that's something that that's significant it's a small thing that you might not even catch in the course of watching a single game but over the course of several of them if you're paying attention to it that russ and ad have a net rating of over 10 since the beginning of the road trip that's your secondary lineup when lebron is out of the game that's really big news defensively we have started to vogel spoke to the sacramento Sacramento game as an example of the execution of his system. And I'm talking about all of these things, not in context of other teams, but like what it is, what is it that we do? And so in that high school basketball game analogy, what I'm talking about at halftime to my team, Mike, is I'm not talking like, hey, hopefully they keep missing threes on that other side. Maybe they keep missing those free throws. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about our 17 turnovers and trying to resolve that and trying to get the guys in the state of mind that it it takes to execute that. And so the wins result from that, Darius. The, the wins like our place in the standing will be a natural occurrence from addressing all of the little details. And I'm seeing more and more of that, which is not to say we don't go 0-2 this weekend, no, that's right? right? But it is a big weekend for us, I think. No, and this is where I'm a process person because if you commit to process, the results will come. And the Lakers have been inconsistent with process. They just have been. They've played bad lineups at times. The lineups that are good, good lineups, they haven't competed very hard or really focused on execution as much as they should. And the results then even are bad, right? Like, oh, we don't put a lot into it. You don't get a lot out of it. That's just how how it goes, right? Play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. And so as the Lakers start to shift and they do start to do little things more often and better. There is the path then to being a better team, right? And I want to bring it back to Dwight for one minute here. The activity and the commitment to scheme and understanding and defense. You hear AD talk post-game, he talks about defense. You hear Dwight post-game, he talks about defense. The Lakers are going to get where they want to go, not because they're a great defensive team. It's because defense matters to them, yeah. right? Because when defense matters to them, it is going to turn into offensive possessions that uh, that cater more to what their strengths are as a team and as individual players, right? And so if putting Dwight into the lineup does nothing else but create a few more firm defensive stops that are related to scheme alignment, 
that then push the team out into transition and and early offense. That is process based things that are going to help this team win basketball games. That's just how it's going Amen. to work. And these games that are coming up, the Clippers, the Celtics, those are sort of elevated stakes games within the idea of of fans right and like rivalries and this this that that and the other but i'm much more focused as you were talking about pete within that high school analogy you coach your own team right you don't coach the other team i'm not coaching them to continue to miss threes i'm coaching my guys to stop turning the damn ball over right and so everything the lakers do needs to be focused inward it all needs to be what can we do in order to continue to be the best versions of ourselves. And I'm happy with the direction that the team is going in. And I think that's good process. And because I think it's good process, I'm encouraged that the results are going to come. I just really enjoyed the uh, the play stupid games, win stupid prizes thing. I don't know why it hit me. Kind of just tickled, tickled me. Hadn't heard it before. It's really, really? true. It, yeah, I mean, I get it. it's not like it's some deep, crazy, uh, wild metaphor, but I just it, it just made me think of like, you know, you the, the little crane game and such a stupid game. And it's so impossible oh, yeah, that you never went on to yeah. actually grab it. But then and then you do win it. And it's like you get this this super cheap um, stuffed animal that probably falls apart. And it took you 15 tries to get it. But yeah, it just took me to that place. So I, I wasn't even really focusing. I was like one of my kids in first grade or something. I was just I was just imagining all of the games um, at a place. So thanks for that, Darius. That was a, a nice moment of nostalgia. It, it is a good bit of advice to keep yourself out of trouble. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes is a good life lef- lesson to learn. Uh, oh, hopefully the Lakers do not play stupid games as they've played many of them throughout this season and get a couple W's this weekend. We've won four. Four out of six, I think. I know it doesn't feel like it, but we've won, I think, four out of our last six. Uh, and so hopefully yeah, d- six out of eight by the end. The Clipper game, I mean, don't let's not let's not get into the displeasure scale, okay? Like That's it's just right. LeBron's back, you know. Just go no, take no, care no, of no. that. Look, Mike, these next two games, they win these next two games, you will see the tweets. You will see I'm the tweets. You will see I'm the tweets. I have not. I have not been sending out the. T- Y'all know which tweets I'm talking about. Yeah, I have not been scheduled. sending out yeah. the tweets this year because the Lakers have not been in a position for me to send out those tweets. But, yeah, you got to lay low. Right? Got to lay yes. low. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Look, we're humble people here at the Laker Film Room Podcast. We are we. Look <laughs> publicly. <laughs> when we can be humble, Pete, we've been humbled. Right. And oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I'm very humble. I'm on just the not air. sure. It's I'm yeah. not sure it's our natural state. <laughs> no. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you might think it's my natural state if you just uh, you know seen me do games, but it's not. Yeah. No. 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 <laughs> so you. So if they win these games, you will see see the tweets. So I'm hoping the Lakers want to see the tweets because I I want to see the because, tweets because I want to send them. So so if there's any <laughs> motivation, that's where it is. Win these games so you can see the tweets. That's just my motto for the next handful of days. All right, Lakers, you heard him. You heard the man. Let's see the tweets. Let's get a couple W's this weekend against some rivals. Uh, We'll be back on Monday to cover how it went. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast, and we'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires. It's good. They win. Seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. Good! Kobe Bryant.
48 points, 16 rebounds. with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans sticking around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's, There's the move. Two. One. Listen. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yeah. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.